Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And today we have a powerful conversation yet again. Um, I'm really excited about this season. I feel like the guests have really provided so much beautiful information to help support us in understanding our paths, different aspects of healing, and have educated us in a lot of ways and various topics. And today is no different. So you will meet a healer today named Keisha Bowers. And Keisha is an inner child healing guide. So she's going to talk to us a lot about inner child healing. Now, this is something, a topic I hear spoken about a lot within this realm of spirituality. A lot of people have an interest and focus on doing inner child healing work. And I have to tell you, though I've heard about it a lot, kind of surface level, and in fact, have had some unintentional inner child healing work for myself over the years, I had an opportunity to meet Keisha at a Melanated Reiki Healers Conference recently, and the presentation that she provided on inner child healing was phenomenal. And so because of that, I knew I had to have her come on the podcast and share with all of you to really give you some more depth and insight about the necessity of this work, the power of this work, how transformative it is. And she even gives us some insight into how this work can be very beneficial to those who are parenting children currently on top of doing this work just for yourself, but in the lens of Reiki Radio, also how this inner child work can be very supportive for healers and what she says is important for us to recognize in holding space for others. So you will learn a lot about inner child healing today with Keisha. You can learn more about her and her work by going to her website, mymovementsforchange.com. You can also follow her on Instagram, movements underscore for underscore change. And I will put the ways to connect with her down in the show description. Believe me, after this conversation, (laughs) there will be a lot of questions, light bulbs, aha moments that you have. And I'm sure you'll want to connect with her and learn more about her work. Now, before we get into the podcast, I have to let you know, especially because it's coming up very soon. I am, first of all, beyond grateful for everyone who has ordered the Energetic Alchemist Oracle deck. There are still some decks available if you would like your limited edition copy. But as a thank you to all of you, I wanted to offer a free Oracle class. And I thought, what better time than to do it right before Halloween, this time of year when the veil is thin. And we'll talk a bit about what that even means, the thinning of the veil. And then we will go behind the veil with the Oracle. And I will support you in just um, learning how to work with the cards with more comfort, what it means to read the cards intuitively. And I'll even share a couple of secret hidden symbolism in the uh, deck with those of you who attend. So this class is free and it's for everyone who already has a copy of the Energetic Alchemist Oracle. Of course, you can get the deck now and you're still welcome to come to class. But if you want to join me, I would say be sure to order now so I can get the deck out to you before class begins. The class will be on October 30th. And if you want to come, just go to my website. There is a link to register for the class and it's absolutely free. If you can't come live, you should register anyway so that I can make sure to send you out the recording of the class once it's over if you aren't able to attend live. But of course, coming live is beneficial because you can ask me questions right then and there. And um, I really look forward to connecting with you all that way. Now, if you want to go beyond that and go deeper into your understanding of not just working with Oracle, but learning how to read intuitively, learning how to just have connection and understanding of translating the intuitive mind, there are two master classes that are coming up as well. There is Alchemy of the Seeker and Alchemy of the Oracle. You can learn about both of those classes on my website as well. 
And Alchemy of the Oracle only has 22 spaces available, and it includes Alchemy of the Seeker. So if you want to join me for that class, sign up right away because there are limited seats in that class. And I will be sending out an Oracle box to those who are attending. So all of that, just go to my website after the podcast, theenergeticalchemist.com, because there's so much to share with you. The free Oracle class, we have the Reiki Raise Healing Summit coming up in November. And you want to be sure to register for that, which you can also do through my website because you will get access to four interviews right away. You'll also have the ability to watch the other interviews for free on the days that they launch. But if you want to have access to the entire um, program or summit, if you wanna have access to the entire summit without restriction on when the videos are available or not, then you wanna take advantage of the early bird pricing now. So go to my website, you'll see the link for that. If you would like to access the entire Reiki Rays Healing Summit 2022. So I think that's all for now. Um, Sign up for my newsletter while you're at the website because you get updates on everything as it comes about. So I look forward to sharing this conversation with you. Thank you to Keisha for sharing some deep, deep wisdom about healing. And I will see you all on the other side. Okay, everyone, today on Reiki Radio, we are speaking with the beautiful Keisha Bowers. Um, I want to first and foremost, thank you so much for coming to share about your work, your practice, your path here on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here, Yolanda. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm excited. And I just want to give a little background. Um, You and I were able to meet uh, through the Melanated Reiki Healers Conference, and you gave a very powerful presentation about inner child healing. And so that's what got me really excited about inviting you on because so many people are trying to understand the inner child work. So before we go too deep into that, Keisha, I do want to ask you a bit about your path, because I know that you are Um, You have a master's degree in social work and you're a Reiki master. You're also this inner healing child guide. Mm -hmm. But how did this all begin for you? Ooh, it's going to be a little story. All right. Okay. (laughs) You know, I call myself a thriving survivor. Um, Let me, you you know, Reiki felt very familiar to me when it was introduced to me because I grew up um, with a parent, my father, my mother, I was, you know, grew up with my father for some time, my mom left when I was four years old. Okay. So at, at an early age, I felt deep abandonment. And with great um, pain, you know, there's there's great healing. And so that's how it started. It started with my pain, really. I didn't know that I was in pain, though. I, I, I lived this life. I was separated from my mother at four. I grew up with my father and his family, my grandmother, my aunt, my uncle and their children in one house. And um, even at that stage of my life, I was always so deeply connected to, you know, energy and like plants. And, you know, I grew up in White Plains, New York. That's the, it's a suburb. So, you know, we, I would pick the berries and talk to the trees. And I just always had this connection to this idea of touch. But I also felt so deeply wounded in the space that I was in, you know, like my mother wasn't there. I saw children with their families. It, it just, I never really felt at home really, unless I was connecting to nature or, you know, my father was an amazing parent, but he was spiritual. He was a spiritual person too. So I just, I felt safe with him. And then when I was about 10 years old, I moved from New York to Florida to live with my mom. My mom, oh my, it was like another world. My mom was a single parent. She had children after me. She had another life. And she was a wounded woman who did not take care of her wounds. Mm-hmm. So here I came along as her only daughter and she projected all of her pain body onto me. She projected all her pain and I never really understood. It took me a long time. So I owned that. I lived with that for, you know, when I tell people that Reiki saved me, 
it really, because what I believed to be true about myself was that I was not enough, that I was inadequate and that I needed to hide who I was to be loved by others. I, I, I have to ask you this, Keisha, because you've said so much already that I know a lot of people can resonate with. But one of the first things you mentioned was, you know, at some point not realizing that you were even in pain. And, you know, when you're a child and you may have recognized, you know, the absence of your mother and what that would have, the hurt that it would have caused. But, you know, at young ages, we just don't process and fully understand. And then something happens where we just have to move on into adulthood. But just as you mentioned, you didn't even realize the pain you were carrying. So could you talk a little bit about that? Like yes. what the pain that so many of us are carrying, but may not realize it and how that starts to be recognized. Mm, I might get a little emotional and okay. that's okay. I feel safe and I feel like this is a space where that might be needed because preparing to come and speak to you, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how I was such a defensive person. I didn't know everything that I did was connected to outside of myself. So every opportunity for me to prove my worth, I took it. I was overworked, overran, overbooked, overconnected to people. The first person who showed me any kind of indication of feeling connected to me, I clinged. I was suffering, riddled with anxious attach attachments. And the reason why I feel like really um, emotional just saying this out loud today in particular is my father was a very spiritual person. He and I were very close and he guided me through those processes. I was able to talk to him about it. So through his guidance, I sincerely feel like my true self was masked because he never really held me accountable. It was just like, I'm his little girl. I am... But in the same breath, he wanted me to feel empowered and feel strong. And, you know, he was deeply connected to the Pan-African movement. He was a Garveyite. He was a Rastafarian. He was a spiritual teacher. He was on the radio. He spoke to people. He was this articulate man that everyone loved, you know, and he, he poured that into me and then he passed away. And then Reiki came to me a year after his death. Wow. And that's how I, I was able to connect with him. Wow. Yeah. So, oh, that's okay. So, I mean, again, you bring up so many good points <laughs> and what it is that you're sharing. And um, it's, it's just making me think of the depth of the wounds that so many carry. And again, a lot of us don't even realize until adulthood, even though it expresses through our behaviors throughout life, but we, we just don't know how to make that connection. But one of the things you just said a moment ago is you had these anxious attachments. Yeah. And yep. that really resonated, especially I think, again, a lot of us may not even realize um, the impact of feeling abandoned, even knowing if we have any feeling or sense of abandonment. And then again, well, gosh, I'm, I'm going to just stop right there with that one first. So the anxious attachments, could you talk a little bit about that and help us understand what that even means. I will. And I want to talk about the abandonment wound and how it looks besides yeah. just the anxious attachment. I want to talk about the fact that you don't get invited to a party that you thought you should have been invited to. And it hurts. That is, that is a byproduct of the abandonment wound. Mm. The abandonment wound is I can't believe she went on that live and she didn't mention my name. Okay. That is what the abandonment, the abandonment wound is, I'm mad at my daughter because instead of writing about me for her project, she wrote about her dad. Mm. That is the abandonment wound. The abandonment wound is I prefer to self-abandon than connect with myself. Yeah. This is what the abandonment wound looks like. Now, what an anxious attachment, because there are different attachment styles that show up as a result of the abandonment wound. Two in particular that stand out are avoidant attachment and anxious attachment. Now for me, it, it manifested in through anxious attachments because I was anxiously attached to my father. So when I left New York to move to Florida, that was another wound. That was another, uh, um, it felt like an abandonment. It felt, right. even though it wasn't, it was, I was going to another parent, but the parent that I came to 
was abusive. So my escape and my rescue was to cling to whatever I thought felt safe or I thought felt similar to what I got from my dad. Okay. So I became anxiously attached, meaning I'm going to be perfect. I'm going to be a people pleaser. I'm going to do the things that whatever I think you want me to do, I'm going to be however I think you need me to be because I can't afford for you to not like me. I can't afford for you to abandon me like I've always been. That is so powerful. My goodness. Okay. So I, I have to go back just for a moment because of something else that you shared too that I think a lot of us experience and will resonate with. And you spoke about how through your father, he wanted you to be strong and empowered and all of these things. And it that really spoke to me and how I was raised. You know, I was raised oh, wow. in a family full of women, all women in my family. But there was this, this um, push of, you know, be strong, be independent, you know, pick yourself up and carry on. But there was a lot of wounding that was um, created within that, with mm-hmm. that, without really identifying with emotion, without really checking in with how you really feel. So in that too, you said, you know, with him, kind of protecting you in some way of you're his little girl. Could you talk a little bit about, especially for those who may be parenting now, mm. the ways that you think you are helping to strengthen your child, but it may be causing some imbalance for them. Absolutely. And let me tell you, when we have trauma, we will bond with the first thing that feels like there should be a bond. And sometimes we develop trauma bonds, even with our children, there are poor boundaries. And honestly, in his absence, you know, and I never dreamed that I would ever say this out loud. I never imagined that I would mature enough to the point where I would acknowledge that my father and I definitely had a trauma bond that, you know, this idea that I was his favorite and he loved me so much. He saw himself in me. So he poured into me in that way. I mean, and believe me, it, it, it was difficult because I have siblings, Yes, you know? And so this idea that it's all, it's always Keisha's always, but what I realized is I was a reflection of him. And so we developed this bond and why I would say, be mindful of how you bond with your children, because my mother was um, who she was. And my father openly discussed it because I would call him. I would tell him what was happening. I would tell him what I was witnessing or what was happening. And his way of dealing with it was like to address her and then she would address me. And so now there's this triangulation and I teach about triangulation in my work. I teach about the dangers of triangulation and how having this perpetrator victim and enabler relationship dynamic happening is very damaging, especially when one in the three is a child. Wow. Okay. Really, I mean, you are really, I feel like um, myself right now, but everyone listening, their minds are probably just blown of how much we're learning from you right now. And it's very interesting to think because I think when I hear people talk about inner child healing and inner child wounds, it um, not to minimize what people are sharing but on the surface of it it just it it sounds like it might be something in particular and you're really helping us to deep dive into having some deeper understanding of not just what it is but how impactful it is on us so in that too I mean one of the things you mentioned was this mother wound which a lot of us may have and not even be aware of um, I always say it's an interesting dynamic with mothers and daughters, my goodness. But anyway, that's probably a whole nother <laughs> show. But you did yes, mention yes. too the way that your mother, I mean, acknowledging that even the parents themselves are often dealing with their own wounds, whether they know it or not. And then this gets projected on us as children. And yes. so could you talk about that as well? This projection of wound from parent to child and how this really does add to this um, inner child wound that we may develop. Absolutely, because we can project in different ways. For example, you can project in this sense of, 
I want you to have more than me. Uh-huh. I want things to be so perfect for you. So now you're overindulging in this child. You're over, you know what I mean? Or you can project in that you don't love yourself. And, and so now you don't love, you don't, you're, you're projecting that anger, which is how it manifested in my relationship with my mother. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, name calling, like to the, to, to certain degrees, you know, like yeah. it was like, it, 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 so this idea of the child belongs to you, you are mine. So I have the right to deliver whatever I think we, we, you know, Khalil Gibran says your children are not your children. They belong to tomorrow. They're the longing of life's tomorrow. And when we come into this ego manifestation in parenting, like your mind and I have the right, when we look at children, I tell everyone, get the book, The Secret Spiritual World of Ch- Children. The Secret Spiritual World of Children. The author's last name is Tobin, I believe, T-O-B-I-N. And when you listen to the perspective of them coming with their own gifts, their own ideas, their own sense of selves. And then, so instead of seeing the child as an extension of yourself, seeing them as a, a, a whole entity. So what happens with projection is just that. It's like, it's more about me, the parent, than it is about you, the child. And if you are unresolved as a parent, for example, if you're unresolved with um, showing up fully and you have a child who shows up fully, what do you think you're going to project onto that child? Mm-hmm. Sit down, shut up. You're making too much noise. Didn't I tell you not to do that? Get out of my way. You're always in the way. Wow. If you have a child who is shy and you are, um, you are unresolved in feeling whole and you need external factors to make yourself feel full, what are you going to do to that child who doesn't like to be on the stage? Put them in tap, ballet, drama, overindulgence, because it's more about you than the child. Okay, so I want to ask you some more about the inner child wound in general, how it relates to us now in our adulthood. But because of what you're sharing, I just want to ask you, with the people that you work with, do you find that, I mean, one, yes, I I can understand how individually we may really need this just for the sake of our own healing, but it sounds like it would be such an important exploration for parents as well, even if they were unaware that they may have an inner child wound. You're so psychic. I literally got goosebumps because this morning when I call my community Transformees and my Transformee was like, Keisha, why don't you teach a parenting class about this morning? This yes. morning, I saw her at 9.45 at my time, okay? And it's now three. She says, why don't you do a parenting class surrounding this idea of yeah. inner child healing because we're wounded and we're parenting and this is, and literally this morning. And I said to her, okay, I can I can set something up. I can, I can do something. I don't know who's going to come. And there I was like, I don't know. I never thought to do this. Yes. Talk about confirmation from spirit. I mean, I really, I mean, it's really, really hitting home and so resonant. I'm not a parent. Um, I'm interested in your work for personal reasons, but obviously just what you're sharing, thinking about um, everyone I know who is a parent, how much they can benefit from this work. Not, you're not a parent, but you're a Reiki healer, right? And that's another aspect of this healing, because when we deliver a service to someone, sometimes there's this thing called countertransference that shows up. And when we're unresolved, we can cause more damage than help. And that's another aspect. Like I have been talking to healers, birth workers, Reiki healers, spiritual healers, because if you are guiding someone else and this person is showing up with pain, body, emotional pain, and you are unresolved, you're going to make their pain about you. Yes. Oh, let's talk about this, Keisha. Okay. That will really- <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have all day to be here? No. But, honey, oh my goodness. Okay. So this, 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 I, I, I don't want to glaze over this because this is very impactful. And I think a lot of us, you know, we have this pure intention of wanting to hold space, of wanting to help. And there is this, um, 
I would say common occurrence of people who are healers, oftentimes it being very externalized. I'm going to help you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to help you. And a lot of times not recognizing, not even, I think maybe sometimes people don't want to acknowledge or admit the healing that they need because then they feel like they're not ready or equipped to be a healer there's just so many things tangled into thoughts about that but could you talk about yes the importance and the necessity for us being very um uh accountable to our own healing especially when we want to hold space to support others but could you even talk about the benefit of this absolutely so the healer definitely needs healing there's one word that starts starts with an s that prevents the healer from focusing on themselves first, because we often use our ability to help others as a mask. But that S word is the shame. Uh. Shame and guilt are cousins. They're first cousins. Shame is I did something wrong. Guilt is I am wrong. And we live in a shame and guilt ridden culture that is very punitive. So a lot of us are trying to repair our wounds by creating a persona that is better than who we thought we were. Mm. Okay. We this don't is need deep. To, I'm telling you. <laughs> we don't need to recreate ourselves. Right. We don't need to recreate our story. We need to become our true selves, our true yes. our true identity, which is our ability to connect with spirit. And that's why I tell people Reiki saved my life because I was in this pattern of trying to prove my worth to everyone, thinking that I had to be perfect or I had to be good. And when I found out that I was, which I got to the point after my father passed, which I, 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 you know, I tell him in spirit language, but I never got a chance to tell him this. He didn't stick around to see me mature to this stage, but this is what he was trying to tell me to you know, you, you to, you're a star no matter what. And I couldn't see it because all that pain, you know? And so with the layers, with the layers, it's like that doll that when you take it off, there's still another body yeah. and you take it off and there's still another body. And then, so we layer ourselves with all these things and ideologies and, and things about ourselves. I remember my very first year coming into healing. Um, I'm a, I was, I'm a vegan. I was vegetarian. And I remember, like I said, I'm going to spend one year not telling anybody what I am. I'm, I don't want, because I realized that I was doing that because I needed people to acknowledge how good I was. Mm. So you have to be willing. And so what I tell my community, my transformees, you have to be willing to make a shameless inventory of yourself. You have to be willing to make a shameless inventory. And that is how accountability shows up. I had to be accountable of how I was parenting because I had a shift in my parenting when I came to this awareness. This, okay, so this is a a good uh, tie-in that I want to ask you about as well, especially because I don't want the time with you to run out without... (laughs) Try to ask you as much as possible, but you mentioned about Reiki and, you know, in so many ways that would be very resonant for me and people listening. And I always say the same, like, it's amazing the mirror that seemed to appear once I started this practice. And it was these realizations of what I've held for so long that I I never could have imagined. I mean, just couldn't have imagined, but I will say it also it takes a lot of vulnerability and willingness to actually acknowledge what starts to surface for us, what we start to recognize and realize. And so I wanted to ask you about that. Like once you said, you know, your father passed away and then Reiki came into your life. When you began the practice, was there something in particular you were seeking? And then what actually did you find that it was doing in working with it? Well, I, I definitely was seeking a sense of spiritual understanding of myself and how I got, how I became connected to Reiki or how it came back into my life. I will say, because I met my Reiki ancestor in a dream. She came to me 
Yeah. yeah, I met the my connection to Reiki. I met her. She came to me one night, you know, so I know that it was something that is in some past life connection, you know, yeah. but how it came back to me was I was invited by Efulayo to a community Reiki circle in 2015. So my dad passed December 2014, 2015. I, I literally set an intention. I'm like, I need to figure out how I can become more connected. Honestly, what I was looking for was a, an avenue to tap into my mediumship. Okay. And I did not know how to do it. And I was afraid of being still because I had just lived a life of trauma. You remember, I told y'all I was in chaos. I was all over. I was always busy. I was always, you know, involved in everything. Sister Keisha, I, I'm a performing artist. I host events. I'm out here. I'm doing this. I have kids. I'm gonna, right. That was my persona. That was my mask. And then my dad passed and my whole world shook. So I was looking for something. Ephelia invited me to a Reiki circle. And I was like, I said to my daughter, I'm like, you want to go, you know, and she, she was young. She, you know, at the time she was 13 and she said, yeah. And we went to the circle and I, I was like, I went into this trance during the circle. Cause there, she had all these healers going around and we were sitting in a circle. And while I went my very first circle, I'll never forget. I went into this trance. And I saw my father playing music with his mother who passed away when I was 10. Wow. And the, my, my grandmother was holding a baby in her hand and she was dancing while my dad was playing the music. Now in the physical world, my father was into music. He was a musician. He was, you know, and my grandmother lost her last child when he was an infant. Wow. So it was like, I saw them together and they looked happy they looked joyful when we came out of the reiki i was like oh my goodness i can't believe i need to go back there wherever that was you know and then i went back again to another circle and and Efunlayo had a premonition of my father again and i kept thinking man he shows up a lot with reiki i gotta keep doing this thing <laughs> so i just kept going in circles until she sent out an email about certifying for level one and two and then I thought level two is to help others. I don't think I can do that. Maybe I should just do level one. She said, no, I'm doing one and two combined. And I did it. And my very first Reiki session, I spent some time healing myself with the Reiki. But then I said, I'm going to put myself on a limb and do Reiki on somebody. And I, I offered it distant Reiki. And this woman came to me and in pure confidence, I would never you know, disclose any yeah. information. But I remember sending the distant healing with Han Shazay Shonen. And in the middle of the session, I heard these baby voices like screaming and wailing like different voices, but they were all high pitched baby voices. And I thought, what is going on? This is, and so I did the Reiki and at the end of the session, I told the woman, I told her what I experienced. This was like my first time really like allowing myself. And she just started to cry profusely. I mean, it was uncontrollable. I, I, I had no, I just sat there and listened to her. And I said, well, you know, now that you just got that cleanse out, can you tell me what's happening? Cause what I said must've triggered something. And she said, Keisha, I've never told anyone this in my life. And I thought that I could just move on and forget about it. And I never grieved, but I had six abortions. Wow. Wow. And I knew in that moment that my psychic mediumship was going to be fueled through this Reiki that came into my life. And honestly, when I do Reiki on someone, I'm telling you right now, I will see it all. That's the, that's like one of my tools that really helps me to really tap into that gift that I have. Yeah. It's interesting. You um, bring this up as well, because a lot of people, um, don't like to associate Reiki with uh, what it does open us up to. But I mean, undeniably, I mean, so many people, you, can, you can't deny what you start to become aware of as you go into the practice. So yeah, I think that is, um, it's one of the most amazing things. Again, so unexpected. I mean, I think with any spiritual practice, you have no idea of what it's going to open you up to. But it goes right back to what you mentioned before, an aspect of our true nature, because like as we do this healing, as we clarify and purify, let go of some of these weights or allow ourselves to see them in higher ways, we become these clear channels for yes. working with spirit, divine intelligence and so on and so on. So I, I do want to ask you, too, because I imagine you must have a unique view in that. 
you obviously have dedicated a lot of your work to helping guide people in um, healing the inner child. Mm -hmm. You also, again, have a master's in social work. You've done work with supporting people with healing in Ghana and Jamaica, and then also here in America. And with everything that you've been exposed to, I'll say so far, (laughs) could you talk a little bit about like the the bigger picture of healing and like overall wellness for you, like these different components Mm. that, and I say that because a lot of times we may segment it where we think like, Oh, I can just do energy healing and that's enough. I can just do talk therapy and that's enough, but you've had exposure to a fuller picture of these different layers that really support us. So could you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I will. I will. Healing comes through experiences. You know, I, I, I don't know who I would be if I didn't go to Africa and touch the ground. The, the crying that I, that, because there's a part of me that's connected to my ancestors. Mm-hmm. So we, healing is about every part of yourself, to micro, you know, the, to your core. And what I tell people all the time is healing is really about your inner self and your outer self being in full alignment. Mm -hmm. And in order for that to happen, you got to learn who you are. Mm -hmm. That's at the core. Once you discover who you are and you learn who you are, everything will be a tool of healing. Everything. We learn from our children. We even learn from our food. Mm -hmm. Because if you eat something that's not good for you, you might have indigestion. And guess what? There's healing in that lesson. Right. So then now your, your life path becomes the healing journey. That's why I, I, my products on my, my, my website, it says, and I'll show you because I, I have one of my journal books that I use, but it says, you know, you're never healed. You're always healing. Mm-hmm. It's an action verb. We, 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 there's no place to arrive at because at different stages of your life, there are different awakenings that you're going to experience. And the healing is going to be, like I said earlier, you know, I never dreamed that I would say my dad and I might've had a trauma bond. I, I never imagined because at that stage of my life, it just felt like a, a wonderful, beautiful connection that made me feel whole and full because yeah. I was immature at that time. You know, so there are levels to even your healing journey. We have to be open. You know, we cannot be a prisoner to knowledge because what you know today, you tomorrow, you're going to learn something new. That's going to probably debunk that. Yes. You know, I shaved the side of my head. Y'all can't see it now. But I remember when I did it, everybody was just like, oh my God. And I, I felt like I needed to do something that told the world who I was yesterday. I'm not that person today. You know, a half of my head is shaved. Tomorrow I might shave it all off. Oh, you had locks since you were 19. Yes, I have. But this, everything is changing. Yeah. You know, and so that's what healing is. When I think about it from this holistic place, it's just really, it's your life. And it's bringing your inside self and your outside self together. Well, Sister Keisha, there's a couple things I have to ask, bringing it back to you before we go, because, you know, time goes so quick, but you have, no, we have, no, we have time, but you just, I mean, you really have, I think you've given so much for us to consider and chew on, and it's been just unbelievable in these first 30 minutes, but I do want to ask you, like coming back to you and why this has become so important, how did the inner child healing really kind of um, I want to say maybe like reveal itself to you, the importance of it. Like how did it change you doing this work for yourself? How does, because for anyone who may, you know, some people may listen and think like, oh, I don't need to worry about my childhood. Ah, I'm moving <laughs> on from that. How impactful is it for us to recognize these wounds and really address them in a healing way? Like how has that helped you with where you sit today? Ooh, well, the first thing, whoever's watching this, you're going to ask yourself and you're going to write it out. And 
you're going to ask yourself, how old were you when you needed the most love? In your childhood, what age were you when you needed the most love? And the first age that comes to mind is what's going to tell you why it's important because that child doesn't die. That child is the person who, when the boss, you know, doesn't, um, when the boss tells you, oh, you know, you were late today and we're going to take, take that from your paycheck and you are so pissed about it. You talk about it for days. That's your inner child who's having that conversation. So that part of you that is unresolved, that has not been taken care of, that has not been tended to is who you need to. That's why it is important to take care of that inner child, that little boy and that little girl. Now, to take it back to me, first of all, I can't imagine my entire life has shifted since I came into this awareness. And how it was born for me was, you know, my father passed away in his death. Like I said, it was like a rebirth for me. But I um, I had to sit with myself. And I there were some things that were common themes in my life. And I got to this place where I said, it could not be them. It has to be me. This is like common. This is keeps showing up. You know what I mean? This is showing. And then when I made my shameless inventory and I realized I had to move into the, to shift into the change, the transformation. And one night I was, I was doing my work and I, I, I woke up in the middle of the night. It was like two, three o'clock in the morning. And I started hearing these voices tell me about like this inner child healing and how I needed to help others. So I woke up, I opened my laptop. I mean, I had to rub my eyes. I could not grab my glasses and I just started typing. And I created from that a four week group program and an eight week private coaching program called Healing the Inner Child from Pain to Purpose. I have so far worked with maybe 200 women and eight men doing this work. And I, I, I said to myself, my goal is to touch 10,000 before I stop. But this, this voice said to me, you don't have permission to just walk away scotch-free. That's not how it works. You got to go back and bring some people over. And so getting on the other side looks like feeling, you know, aware of yourself, comfortable with your shadow, comfortable with your darkness, not trying to be perfect not trying to, you know, showing up authentically. There were so many books that guided me along the journey. You know, Gary Zukav and The Seed of the Soul. That book brought so much to my life in, in, in my journey in, as I was healing about authentic power and really showing up fully, you know? Um, but yeah, it, it's definitely shifted every aspect of my life. Like, and I, and I, I look, I think back and I'm like, wow, I said no without, without an explanation. I, I did a, I mean, something as simple as doing a, a follow-up message about something. I could just, I can, I can just communicate freely and not wonder, oh my God, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe all of that self-judgment is, it's like, I used to have wicked pain in my chest. I, I used to suffer from panic attacks. I tell people all the time, anxiety and panic attacks are your unresolved issues trying to come out of your body. Wow. Right? So Africa came into my life right after, you know, it was, it was like a spiral. It was like Reiki. And then I went to Africa and then I adopted these orphanages and then I started doing tours. And then it was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Endless, endless possibilities. Yeah. It's beautiful. One, just watching your face, anyone watching the actual video, not just listening in the podcast, like you can just see this light just radiating from you as you talk about the work. Um, The other thing is, though, it's making me think of anyone listening, you have to follow Keisha on Instagram. Whenever it comes up in my feed, you dancing or the movement and just you can see that authenticity that you speak about just like radiating from you. And it's just like the cutest thing I've ever seen. But I have to say, with you mentioning how impactful this is, and you recommending for everyone to write down what age they were as a child when they needed the most healing, 
where I met you at the Melanated Healers Conference, that was something that you guided us through. You did a guided journey for us. Let me tell you something. I mean, <laughs> we should have been prepared for this. Yes. There was nothing but tears because you did this beautiful guided journey for us asking that. And initially I thought like my analytical mind, I thought like, oh, I know exactly. Oh yeah. I know what age. And I was mad like in my teenage years. Right. No, you took us in that journey. And then this other, this younger aspect of me came and I literally saw myself in my age now, like 45 year old self hugging, just sitting like in a, in a front yard, just hugging that young version of myself and like rocking. I was like, what is this woman doing? What is this? But it, but that it felt so needed, so nourishing to the soul. And so I can say just from, just from having a 10 minute journey with you, it was, it was something that was so healing. And I just want to personally thank you for that. Cause I didn't You're get welcome. to thank you that day. Wow, that's, that's why I had good. to make sure you came here. Though. <laughs> that's yeah. huge that you had. And you said 45 child, you are, listen, you, <laughs> you don't even look a day over 30. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, you know, you know. Yeah. But so I, that is really truly why, you know, immediately after I was like, I really have to ask her if she can come and share this information with us because I could see, I felt, I experienced the power of your work. So I know with the program that you spoke of, the inner child healing, uh, you have the four-week program, but you also do work with people in an eight-week format. And this can be done virtually, right? Yes, it's all virtual. All virtual. Mm -hmm. So when I was looking at your work with the inner child healing, you have the childhood trauma and you specifically in there, there was something about um, adult survivors. And I thought that was really interesting because I, I, I obviously there's a distinction between children who may be experiencing, you know, the trauma present time, but the adult survivors of childhood trauma That's the that really struck me. Yeah. So I wanted to know if you could just like speak a little bit about that for us again and understanding where we are. You know what? We don't see ourselves as survivors, really. We think we're just adults and we're just living and we put on our big girl clothes and we put on our professional hats and, um, you know, but we're afraid deep down. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of hearing no. We're afraid of someone not talking to us anymore. You know, we're afraid of not getting invited. We, you know, and, and that is because you're a survivor. And nobody ever looks at it at, in that perspective. Sometimes I say an adult child, you know, or an adult survivor. That's the language that I use in my work. And so it's very important. And I often tell my transformees, you know, when Veterans Day comes, I send an email to my community and I say, you made it. Congratulations. You survived. And I honor you. Well, I want to ask you about this too, because you also loop into the program, our self-identity struggles. And I, again, well, there's whole other layers to this. Again, if we had you all day, I think it's really interesting when we start to recognize all of the ways that we identify um, a lot based on childhood projections, what we're told, who we are, who we can't be, who we should be, all of these these experiences that pour into how you identify where you are right now that really may have nothing to do with your true essence your true true nature your true self so could you talk about that too like how this plays into um the work working with you in the program but how this may also link how you are identifying today as an adult into your um, childhood wounds so you're in my program, I actually do this inner you, outer you activity to help people see how much who they're showing up as is not really who they are. Mm. And I'm, I love art therapy. You know, I'm not certified or anything, but I love using art. So it is an, an art therapeutic activity that we do and I guide it. And so 
assessing how often you say yes when you really mean no, mm. right? Assessing how often you feel you have to buy an extraordinary gift. Assessing how often you have to buy a new outfit to go somewhere and why, okay? So, the, you know, the, this aspect of this false identity is not just really about material things because that's another level you know sometimes we need we use material things to mask and make ourselves but how you dress how you speak what you're willing to do you know those are all parts of like I never knew that I was a tree hugging grass rolling I never that was not my persona like at all like if you met me before 2014 you would think this person is a whole lie that person was the lie i'm walking into my truth right. right because the idea so you know paying attention to how much of who you are is really tied to what you were told that you should be yeah you know yeah in my program we, we go into self-identity deeply um because also i want to say this your intimate relationships are a reflection of this experience. And the people that you're attracting to yourself are sometimes just twin energies of what's familiar. And if what's familiar was abusive, can you imagine what you're bringing into your life? We have a desire to fix and repair what we think was our fault in our childhood. So now we get back into these relationships that perpetuate the cycle because we're convinced it's our job to fix it. And so in that fixing, you create a false identity. I mean, should we just tell them your website now? Because <laughs> I know I have like it in touch with her. We're not going to yet though. But this is really because of what you just shared, I have I do have another question about this from two angles. So one, as people start to go through this process of realization through this work, is there a bit of tug of war or a challenge to accept that they're not actually who they may have thought they were or that there are other aspects to them that they just haven't allowed themselves to touch yet? Is there a, a challenge with acceptance? Yes, not that it, there's a, there's a challenge. There's a fight. Mm. <laughs> Not even the challenge. Yeah. There's a fight. You fight with yourself over and over and over again. But when the, when the consequences are greater, when the, as the consequences increase for this false identity, um, the, 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 the need for the shift will also increase, but there's definitely a battle and not just with you, within yourself, but with others. I remember when I first started to say no without explanation. Everybody thought I was crazy. I mean, I lost so many relationships and friendships in that process because I needed to figure out who I was. And you have to take radical, intentional action. Yeah. It has to be radical and intentional. You know, so so you, you're not just going to have a tug of war with yourself, but you're going to have a tug of war with the people who are used to you being what you have been for them for so long. Well, that's what I was going to ask you too. That was the part two of my question, because, you know, in your partnership with your children, was that challenging <laughs> for them to massive child? Let me tell you, my daughter, it was more for my oldest than the two youngest, because I had my shift before having, um, my, my last child, actually it was in the middle of that. She was a year and a half and she's nine now, but my daughter, who's the oldest, who's now 20, she couldn't handle it because I had overshadowed her and overcoddled her. I tried so hard to overcompensate for my childhood. I was trying to make up for what my mother did to me and give her exactly what I thought my dad gave to me. So I was over bonding and over loving and over indulging and over saying yes and over everything. And then when I realized that I was causing more harm than good and I took some step backs, she was angry. Yeah. She didn't like my boundaries. 
She didn't like that I needed time for myself. And I understood and I had to take my time with her and I had to explain to her. I said, you know, mommy's going through some changes and I'm really discovering some things about myself. And in the end, it's going to be better for all of us. But right now I know it's going to be hard, but I need to be in the bathroom by myself. You can't come in here right now. Well, that's the key. So that's what I wanted to ask you for people who are going through any level of healing, whether it's, you know, they're doing the inner child work, going through Reiki, whatever means you're using for healing. A lot of people do come across this challenge of the discomfort of people in my life, not being comfortable with how I'm changing or the fear of losing relationships Mm -hmm. because of how I'm feeling called to heal and to change. So I was going to ask you what is your recommendation for that? And it sounds like being very clear and honest in communication. Being clear and honest in communication and also being okay. We have to be mindful of being attached to outcomes mm-hmm. and the result because you have to really have trust in the process. Yeah. Because now my daughter is 20 and I, 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 I negate, I, when I hear a parent says my, or a child says, my mom is my best friend. That is a big red flag. I need to, I want a session immediately. <laughs> right. Because children need parents. They don't need a best friend from a parent. They need discipline, guidance, support, love. But I will say that my daughter and I have a, a nice developed relationship that she was able to go away to college. I live in Florida. She went to Illinois. In my sick codependency, that child would have felt obligated to live in Florida to go to school. And that when someone asked, like I was on in a meeting yesterday and they asked, oh, what are you most proud of? What makes you a maverick? Um, Simple things, making up my bed. My daughter went away to college. Those are the things I'm proud of. You know why? They speak to my character that I developed after my trauma. Mm. My daughter felt safe, supported, and she wasn't worried about me. It wasn't about me. It was about what she wanted. Wow. And I love that. She got four tattoos. She just showed <laughs> me that she dyed one of her eyebrows. That's none of my business. Uh-huh. I don't control her. And I raised my children to be independent thinkers. That was my desire in my healing. Right? So my life shifted from being this corporate, tight, black and white thinking, rigid woman who wanted to be perfect to being self-employed, homeschooling, tree hugging, traveling to Africa, black woman. <laughs> like <laughs> I had a whole character swap. So yeah. Another thing I want to say is give yourself permission to change. Yeah. Yes. That is a big one. Give yourself permission to change. Gosh, it's so I'm now I'm having flashes of conversations with students and clients and just people in my everyday life throughout mm-hmm. the years. And I think um, this note that we're wrapping it up on it is a uh, very impactful and one that everyone seems to encounter once they embark on these healing journeys. I can't thank you enough. <laughs> this is this is why I love this because you know, again, me, I'm like, ooh, I had an amazing experience with Sister Keisha, and I hope she comes and talks to us to clarify this whole inner. Could have never imagined. Mm-hmm. all of the beauty and all that we learned through this conversation today. So now everyone get ready, find out how to connect with her. <laughs> Could you let us know mm-hmm. the best ways, website, Instagram, how should we reach out to you? Yes. Please reach out to me. I love reaching, reaching's out. <laughs> yes. My movements for change.com. My M Y movements with an S for change, F-O-R-C-H-A-N-G-E, mymovementsforchange.com. That's my website. I have a free consultation. That's a telephone consultation. So if you're thinking and you're like, oh, I don't know, just I'll, you know, you schedule it. I give you a phone call and we chat. Then um, on Instagram, it's movements for change. And there are two underscores in between. So movements underscore four underscore change. Or you could just type in inner child healing guide. That'll come up. And um, it's the same on everything else. I'm on Clubhouse. I have an inner child healing room that we do on Fridays. Ooh. Yes, which I love. I, that should be a reason for me to actually use 
Clubhouse. Yes, I have. I I'm on there, but I've never gone into any of the rooms. It's another so Clubhouse platform. on Friday. <laughs> yes. And because I'm being very mindful and careful with my relationship with all these platforms, like I would love to be consistent every Friday, but the past two Fridays I haven't been on. It's just been life. And I'm just like, it's okay. I'll get on yeah. back. But it's usually on Fridays at like, yeah, it's very early in the morning, but the recordings are there, the replays. And um, I'm on YouTube as well, Movements for Change. Um, I plan to turn up my YouTube life. I haven't really been on there much, but I do have some plans for that. And um, yeah, you can just Google my name, Keisha Bowers. You'll see loads of everything I've been doing and have done. And um, yeah. I love that turn up my YouTube life. I'm trying to turn it up too. I don't know. Oh, God, <laughs> I'm to... oh it's too much. <laughs> too, too. I'm on and Instagram it... a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so that's the thing. I mean, because there are so many ways now for us to connect with people. So if you are listening, you know, don't panic. I'm going to put the links for every way to connect with you down in the show description. So I, again, I'm deeply thankful for this conversation. You shared more than I could have ever imagined. I know that we will stay in touch. Is there any last word of wisdom that you have for those of us who may be ready for some inner child healing? Ready for some inner child, you know, be you. There's nobody that could be more youer than you, as Dr. Seuss yeah. says. Dr. Seuss, you know? yes. And um, <laughs> it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite quotes. So just be you and be still, be kind, be loving. Be yes, be you. <laughs> yeah. As we you say that, yeah. it makes me excited to get to know me more, you know? It seems like like that could be an exciting thing. Like we don't have to be afraid because I think a lot of times people are afraid of what will be revealed or what they may remember. Yeah. But what about being excited about getting to know you? Yeah, Something new on the horizon. That's a conversation right. I have to have with you off air another day when you have time because okay. I myself will be 45 next month. And I definitely have been in that place of like, I'm excited about like yeah. who I'm going to be next. Yes. I, and I thought I was the only person in that stage. Like, <laughs> I, you know, maybe I'm going to learn how to do batik. And, yes. I, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, so. Yes. No, we'll definitely talk about it because my friends are probably sick of hearing me talk about it. So <laughs> I would love that. And for everyone else listening, thank you so much for joining Keisha and I today. Be sure to check out her work again. Go down into the show description. And we'll probably have to have a round two, just talking more about this because you shared so much. So thank you so much for joining me today. Okay, beautiful alchemist. I told you Keisha was going to share some powerful information. I am beyond grateful that she came to share with us here today on Reiki Radio. And again, if you would like to connect with Keisha and her work, be sure to go to her website, mymovementsforchange.com, and you can follow her on Instagram at movements underscore for underscore change. I will put both of those ways of connecting with her down in the show description, so be sure to go down there to check that out. And don't forget about the free events that are coming up. If you have the Energetic Alchemist Oracle, which I am so thankful to hear all the stories of how you all are connecting with the cards, how powerful they are, the energy that you feel from the cards. Like it's been blowing my mind. I'm so, so thankful for the response and how you are working with them already. But if you want to join me for a free class, go to my website, sign up for the free class. It takes place on October 30th. If you don't have the deck yet, you still have time to order it so you can get it before class starts. Also, if you want to go deeper in working with Oracle for personal reasons or to implement into your work and practice, be sure to check out the master class coming up called Alchemy of the Oracle. Again, all of this information is on my website. And then finally, the Reiki Rays Healing Summit is coming up as well. It launches fully on November 11th. It's a six-day event. And over the six-day period, they release new videos of interviews that were held. 
I was invited this year to co-host. And so me and another Reiki practitioner named Andrea Kennedy, she and I conducted all of the interviews and there are over 30 interviews available. So when you register for free, you get access to four interviews right away. And then over the six day period, once the summit begins, you can view the videos that are released on the day that they are released. But it's a lot of content, a lot of amazing conversations to support you in your practice of Reiki. And I don't know if you'll be able to listen to all of the interviews each day, every day over the six days. So if you want access to where you can just have all of the content and view it at your own convenience, be sure to register now for the early bird special. And again, you can do that through my website. There is a link there. You can click on it, sign up for the free or for the early bird, whichever you prefer. So there's a lot actually that you can learn and gather on my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. I'm so thankful for you being here. So thankful for these conversations and the guests that are showing up for us on Reiki Radio. I will see you all very, very soon. And remember to always journey in love.